Wait a minute, I hear something. What's going on, everybody? Just want to kind of give you this quick uh, rundown here of this episode. Uh, This is actually going to be another flashback kind of episode because, again, I don't think that I'm going to be able to do it justice versus uh, what was already recorded. And there's a total reason of why I'm doing this. You'll just have to wait till the next day, tomorrow, to find out why. But uh, today's episode is from Short Bus Cinema with myself. The late, great Johnny Krug. Uh, I miss my buddy Johnny. And uh, Lee Russell. And we talk about 1988's Robo Vampire. And uh, so I'm not going to talk much more about it. It's a, <laughs> All I got to say is it's Godfrey Ho. So that's all you really need to know about it. And there's a, a legit reason of why uh, I'm doing this episode. So uh, check it out. And be prepared for what comes afterwards. All right, folks, we'll see you at the end. Let's do it. It's your old pal, Rick, from Short Bus Cinema. It's been a little bit, but, uh, you know, there's been a a lot going on. And uh, being that we're all kind of self-quarantining and all this stuff, we thought, hey, what a great time to quarantine ourselves on the short bus. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what we've done is, uh, and this has been, I don't know, probably several months in the making because uh, Johnny, my partner Johnny's here. What's up, my brother? What is up? Hey, (laughs) So we've been missing recording a bit, uh, and I was in the middle of, like, really, really extreme busy time for me. Always February and March are usually just incredibly busy, and as you can tell, everything just just came to a screeching halt. So now we're just winging stuff, but Johnny and I are together, and not only that, not only do we have an outstanding short bus show for you, but we've got one of my absolute favorite podcasters that's out there, one of my favorite shows, They Must Be Destroyed On Sight. That's that's one of my early. I don't even know if you know this, Lee, but I was listening to you guys like right when we started doing Helming and all that stuff. So you guys have been like one of those I've always referenced back to. Great show, folks. Make welcome, Mister Lee Russell. What's up, man? Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I'm glad to hear that uh, these big hiatuses you guys take are like basically just normal in your sort of rhythm of of doing things. Because like the last time I was on this show. You took like a big hiatus right afterwards, and I was afraid I had killed the show. So I'm glad, I'm glad to know I didn't do that at least. No, no, not at all. Uh, you know, uh, I'm one of those that overdoes and tries to do too many things at one time, and it catches up with me from time to time. But uh, hey, what better time than, than the present to try to entertain some folks and 
take their mind off the craziness that's going on in this world right now. So, uh, man, I'm, uh, anytime that we can get together and do this, man, I'm, I'm always happy to do so. Yeah. And uh, with that being said, uh, well, tell me, Lee, go ahead and talk a little bit about your show and the other things you got going on, because I know you've got some other things tied into that. Let it rip, man. Uh, yeah, so uh, They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, uh, yet another movie podcast. If you don't have enough of those in your uh, queue already, you can uh, you can listen to that. Uh, we kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, we, we do sort of focus on, like, cult movies and uh, lesser-known movies and stuff, but we don't restrict ourselves by genre all that much. And uh, we have this new project we're doing in 2020 where, for the most part, we're going to make some exceptions here and there, but for the most part, we're going from the 1900s and working our way to the present. So we're picking a few movies uh, every decade and uh, going through them. So right now we're going through silent films and uh, and doing a lot of those. Uh, We'll be out of silent films here pretty soon. And, uh, yeah, so that's the movie podcast where we, you know, we just do whatever the hell we want and frustrate our listeners who, uh, probably want some, something a bit more standard. Uh, why, why can't you just be a show about this? Well, we don't like just sticking to one thing, so that's what we do. Um, and then I also have a, uh, side podcast that's connected to that called Blood on the Tracks, where every month I, uh, listen to, uh, I just play, like, soundtracks and, uh, film scores, uh, from films yeah. and stuff that I like, and I try to connect it by a theme for every episode. And uh, yeah, that's just kind of what we're doing for the most part. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool, man. And it's funny because you know Johnny Johnny Show Kruger Nation was a big influence on how we put Hell Ming together as far as the editing. And then, like I said, the, the idea of kind of what you guys did and said, you know, I, we're not getting stuck in any kind of genre. You know, we, we can jump from movie to movie that has nothing to do with each other. And so we kind of took that aspect, too. And that's what I liked about it. It's like, man, these guys are covering stuff that nobody's going to cover, you know. Mm-hmm. And j- just like you said, the current project of going all the way back to basically the beginning of film and working your way up, that's... That's that's a task, man. Yeah, um, it's it's a lot of fun though. It, it's it's definitely been a lot more work than uh, we're usually accustomed to, but uh, it is it is a lot of fun, and it's especially just you know just to you know get out of your comfort zone and watch stuff you wouldn't normally watch. I think it's worth it. So, well, funny you say that because <laughs> <laughs> the movie the movie that we brought up to cover this week. It may, you know, well, I could say, I could already kind of say, it may not be the worst movie we had on here, but it is definitely the most confusing. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, folks, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about a movie called Robo Vampire Killer. No, Robo Vampire. No, Vampire Killer. You you, you put a better title for it. (laughs) It's more apt. Yeah. That would make more sense. Robo Vampire. Uh,. Yeah, this thing is, uh, well, you'll find out. (laughs) So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a little short break. We're going to come back, and we're going to start ripping into this thing. So just hold on to your seats, folks. We'll be right back. Get out of the way! you desire to add yet another entry in the endless legion of film review podcasts to your playlist... 
Can you not stand the thought of having any moment of your dull, pointless, waking life intruded upon with the sounds from the real world, and would prefer to listen to a small cast of assholes talk about movies? Then, THEY MUST BE DESTROYED ON SIGHT! Probably meets your bare minimum requirements. Join Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest hosts as they talk about films from every genre, ranging from the obscure and schlocky to the well-known top-dollar classics. Look for... THEY MUST BE DESTROYED ON SIGHT! On iTunes... Podbean, YouTube, and Facebook. That's... They must be destroyed on sight! Now for our feature presentation. And we're back with Robo Vampire from 1988. The IMDb score for this movie is a 3.7, which yeah, that's actually that's fairly high for this. For I, I don't know for this. Um, but this is directed by Godfrey Ho, aka Joe Livingstone, who, uh, from what I can tell. He was pretty obsessed with ninjas because he did Space Ninjas, Ninja Squad, Thunder Ninja, Ninja Hunt. <laughs> it's like just a list of just ninja movies. I don't, I don't see a theme there at if, all. If, if, if you no. if you would if you took all the movies he's responsible for, and he's got like a hundred like a hundred and something credits there, and 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 you and you took oh, all massive. the movies that had the title Ninja in it, and then you stacked them up against all the titles in IMDb across the site that have Ninja in the title. He's probably responsible for ninety percent of them. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. You know what? I bet he did City Ninja, which is uh, one that that uh, Danny and I watched for a Helming commentary once. I just happened to have it. It was in a box set, like a drive-in right. box set, and we we got like fifteen minutes into it. I was like, dude. We got to watch this and respond to it because this is just ridiculous, and it it even feels like this kind of movie. So it's very possible, being that he's a a ninja, ninja, <laughs> <laughs> and he might have he might have done that one too. I have to look that up because uh, that one needs to be on this show too because it was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, man, this movie it's uh, written by William Palmer, who the only other writing credit is for something That's, called uh... Devil's Dynamite. Which is a sequel to this. As far as I know, under another pseudonym. (laughs) That sounds about right. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, Devil's Dynamite apparently is, yeah, the sequel to this. Yeah. So we can definitely go down that route. (laughs) I I saw on YouTube where there was a part two to this, and I was like, yeah, do we tackle that? I don't know. (laughs) Here, I have a good one for you, though. Uh, So this movie stars Robin McKay, Neon Watts, Harry Miles, and Joe Brown. And the funny thing is, is this is the first IMDb cast I've ever looked at that didn't have a single picture. (laughs) Like, no one. I mean, even even The Last Slumber Party and Terror at Tinkiller have pictures, and some people. This one, not one picture. Yeah, well, the the killer in Terror at Tin Killer actually went on to have an actual career, so... Yeah, he's been in a lot of... Yeah, what's he on, like, Oz and stuff? Yeah, he's in Oz and Sons of Anarchy and a bunch of other stuff, so... Yeah, so... Yeah, that's pretty impressive after coming out of that movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is gonna be good. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm just trying to decide where you're like, you want to go ahead and kick it off, Ricky? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the first thing I was going to say is, you know, the first thing that caught my eye was it's a Thomas Tang production. So, <laughs> you know, we get a little Tang put in there from the very beginning. So, uh, yeah. A <laughs> little bit of so, the, drink, the drink powder empire behind this. <laughs> That's what they put in those caskets, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we start off with uh, basically you got two military-looking guys holding another dude at gunpoint who's in double denim. And double so, uh, denim Dan. Double d- double denim Dan. That's right. When <laughs> uh, they're walking down this, I don't know if it's an alleyway or just between some buildings, but there's two caskets in the road, and they're like, "Wow, look, there's caskets in the road." And one of the military guys uses his foot to kick one open, and he sees the <laughs> face of one of the so-called, I guess these are you know these are the vampires. Yeah. So the, there's vampire caskets in the street. Uh, the other one pops open. And the dude starts shooting in it, and you can tell somebody just lobbed a snake out of it. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. just, it comes flipping out of there. And this is our setup, folks. This is how, you know, they're going to bring you into this movie and have uh, a couple of, of vampires jump up, which is in the title. And these things, they hop. They look, yeah. They look like geishas or geishas. Yeah. Kinda. It's like strangest combination of, yeah, just, just put on that woman's outfit. Uh, yeah, are you're you, a vampire. Are you guys familiar with hopping vampires at all? Have you ever seen any other movies with them? No, in them? no? I have not. So yeah, no. this is this is actually this is what sort of like Chinese East Asian vampires are in in mythology. They're hopping vampires. There's this whole I, I don't know the exact details, but there's this whole thing of how um, to like take corpses to their graves and stuff like that, uh, Taoist priests would uh, reanimate them uh, with, you know, with those pieces of paper you see stuck to them, which are basically just like incantations yeah. or spells uh, or whatever, right, to control them. They look like CVS yeah. receipts. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, hopping vampires, that that's a real cultural thing. There's like a ton of movies that are made that are way better than this movie that actually feature hopping vampires. And, uh, yeah, this is your budget been version of the hopping vampire in this movie basically i'm not gonna lie uh that's as far as like urban legends and you know mythos and stuff of a lot of you know different places the hopping vampire based on this movie seems not super menacing (laughs) (laughs) well and that's the thing too and i I figured it was a cultural thing for sure especially with putting the like you said the incantations on their face to hold them still you know make them make them freeze in place but, uh, you know, it's just the fact of, you know, even, even in this case where they're chasing the guys with, with the guns, because the one dude, I, you know, he, he gets killed, and then the other guy is, is still beating up the guy that's trying to get mm-hmm. away. And this dude's like, hey, man, I'm just trying to get away because there's a vampire coming. Grabs the other military dude and just bites a big chunk out of his neck like, you know, wormy from, you know, zombie. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, they're vampires, but they're more like zombies. Yeah, kind of. Like, this movie doesn't, you know, like I said, it, it's sort of, they're the budget bin version of Hopping Vampires. So they just kind of, they kind of dip into the mythology, but at the same time, we have to have this great opening scene with gore and fighting and stuff to, you know, hook everybody. And then we're going to make the vampires a lot less threatening as we go through it. They're going to do a yeah. lot less. <laughs> Well, you know, because the, the first one picks up that first military guy and picks him up like Vader style. Uh-huh. He just grabs him by the neck and picks him up and breaks his neck. And, uh, you know, he, and then the other one does like a somersault 
over the guy while he's running away, and that's when he bites him on the neck. And then it says Robo Vampire on the screen. <laughs> and from here on, it just becomes just a cluster because <laughs> there is so many people in this movie, mm-hmm. man. Uh, you can't keep them straight. It's like there's 15 oh. guys wearing toboggans, <laughs> and you never know which guy's which. <laughs> Dude, I'm so glad you said it before I did because I didn't want to sound like the racist one, but like so many people in this movie look like and that's that's the american actors everybody in this movie yeah. looks the same to me yeah it's not yeah. yes not not just the asian people i i got a lot of characters mixed <laughs> up <laughs> well i mean that's what happens when you have two casts from two different movies you have to juggle in one film <laughs> yeah then, then we break away to some drug dealers right so this is what this movie is going to come down to so we had a conversation before we started recording this this movie is actually pieces of two other movies that were purchased, completed movies, and then they just gutted what they wanted out of those and then added the RoboCop and the vampires to it. Oh, I didn't mention that. Yeah, this movie's got a RoboCop in it. (laughs) Well, kind (laughs) of. But, uh, so you can tell this is, and I made the reference to the guys earlier, it's kind of like Power Rangers because that's exactly what happened. This guy bought those action flicks with the people jumping around and stuff, and then they took American actors and got them identical outfits and made them act out the acting parts, and all the action stuff came from (laughs) films that were shot years before. And you kind of got this situation here where, you know, it's almost like drug cartel Rambo-style movie but with the vampires, with vampires fighting yeah. RoboCop. <laughs> hey, you know, you know something that happens next in this movie that I've never seen in any movie. What's that? There's, there, there's a they do a blessing over the heroin. Yeah, bless our they drugs. Say, they say a blessing <laughs> to bless the heroin. I was like, wow, I've never seen yeah, that. Well, that's, I mean, that's new. I mean, here, here's here's the here's the best thing about this film. This is the thing. Actually, one of the things I like the most about this film that just makes me laugh is that. Um, you know they're they're marketing this for a North American audience. So when they're dubbing this, they don't know how we talk over here. You know, so yeah. you know that, that's fine. Cultural difference, right? But everybody who says a line, they're always saying exposition, no matter what they're doing. They're always giving us exposition. Right. So we get the the initial drug dealers, right? The the head drug dealer guy and his and his guys, and yeah. and and he's like, <laughs> we've we've got to we've got to get rid of these drug agents and you know they're they're stopping our they're stopping our operation so i'm going to he just without any shred of irony or sarcasm or anything like that he just says i'm going to hire a taoist priest to train vampires to protect our drugs and kill the drug agents and, and the other two guys are just yeah. standing there like they both kind of look at each other for a second like what? But then they just they just go with it. They're like, okay, that, that makes sense. We'll do that. And then you know, then we immediately cut to a scene like the comedy scene in this, where where they're right. where they're oh, trying yeah. to yeah. like the drug dealers are assisting the Taoist priest in like trying to like look after these vampires. And uh, man, <laughs> they make a mess of it. So 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 to clarify a few things so you guys can follow us at home, if you're playing the home game, uh, <laughs> the drug boss that we're talking about that's demanding you know that we hire vampires, I said he looked like uh, Father Guido Sarducci <laughs> from Note Saturday Night yeah. Live. That's kind of the way he looks, and he and like you said, it, all all your bad guys they all talk like this. We've got to stop those guys. <laughs> you know they always got that voice. And then the priest that he hires that that trains 
the zombies or the vampires looks like Groucho Marx. <laughs> <laughs> So well, you know, and he's got like a raw chicken in there, and I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, they're they're they've got food there and and all this stuff for the vampires, even though they're all in their caskets, or they're just lined up across the back wall, with you know, like you said, CVS, you know, <laughs> receipts yeah. stuck to their. Heads. I mean, the the way it's set up, it's like they're they're already doomed to fail. It's just they've got vampires like standing everywhere. They got some in caskets. It's a big goddamn mess. They got their little. Papers they stick to their head, just laying everywhere, and they're like, "Yeah, let's just, you know, it'll be okay. This just totally makes sense. Let's just like hide some of these drugs in these coffins with these vampires. What could go wrong? You know, all you have to do is, all you have to do is like really screw up and and have one of these papers blow off their head, and you're, you're fucked. Like it's it's over with. Yeah, you're screwed. Yeah. Well, so, and and one thing also is like you were talking about the comedy scene. I, I don't know. I find a lot of this movie pretty comedic, but this this scene seems to be yeah. sort of intentional because uh, yeah. the one one of the guys goes to light a cigarette and the resting vampire steals it from him just through some kind of I don't know like kind of just sucks it in her mouth kind of, or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then this guy goes over there and he's doing something sort of above the vampire at crotch lighting level. Lighting a uh, lamp or something. Yeah, he's trying to he's he's lighting an incense, right? He's lighting an incense off the off the little flame that's in the you know the little torch that's up above it. And he's like, "Hey, don't start a fire. You'll wake up the vampires." I'm like, "Really? That that's what's going to wake him up?" <laughs> well, and 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 the scene is funny because uh, I mean, it, it's like something out of Porky's mm-hmm. man. And like he's like. The cigarette like slowly goes into this dude's <laughs> crotch, and he gets his dong gets burned. Oh man! And then then you find out that you know there's they're stuffing these drugs into the caskets, and it turns out that it's rice powder. Yeah. So it's like, uh oh, wonk wonk. Oh, it's rice powder. That's what woke up the vampires. I'm like, I, I need more clarification of what makes these vampires wake up because. Why would rice powder, but yeah, I'm the not heroin sure if, wouldn't? <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah. You think the heroin would do a better job, right? Yeah. Um, no, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, again, I'm, I'm only sort of, I have a cursory knowledge of the sort of hopping vampire mythology or whatever, so I'm not sure if rice is specifically something that's, like, tied in with the mythology that, you know, would, like, bring them, like, reanimate them or whatever, but um, I'm, I'm assuming at least that's what they're going with in this, and they, well, they forget about it right afterwards anyway, so it's not like a care it matters. <laughs> one thing, one thing in this movie though that like they did kind of poured over from I don't know the European vampire is the uh, the garlic thing because right. there was a scene yeah. with the garlic strand, and so it's weird because oh. like it still does have some of the stuff that's recognizable to everybody, right? Yeah. And how about Groucho Marx, man? Because when the when the <laughs> vampires wake up, man, he's he's kicking their butts, man. Mm-hmm. He's he's a pretty bad dude. Yeah, there's there's actually like for all this movie's flaws, there's actually some pretty decent like mid-level martial arts stuff going on yeah. here for the time, like stuff that would hold up to like lesser Shaw Brothers productions and stuff like that, you know? Like some of the yeah. stuff looks pretty damn good. Well, I mean, if you watch it on YouTube, which is where I got to check yep. this thing out, it's it's on the Wu-Tang channel. So that should, mm. this should tell you enough right there, you know. Hey, you know what? Um, I watched uh, I watched the YouTube one and I watched the riff tracks of it, and <laughs> the riff tracks copy of it is actually a lot like a lot 
um, lighter. Like it's, it's easier to see. Oh really? Oh yeah. Yeah, they have a cleaned up copies. So I, I appreciated that because when I watched it on YouTube, a lot of it was kind of dark and you know it's fuzzy oh, yeah. and stuff like you'd expect. But well, doesn't the riff doesn't the riff tracks don't they they don't they release those on like <clears throat> Blu-ray or whatever or DVD too? Oh yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, so so you know. And isn't that through uh, Shout Factory? Well, they release some. No, they do their own stuff now. Um, oh. But they uh, they only release some of them now, like the live shows and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, you know, uh, when when you're connected to at least a, a, some sort of production uh, DVD production company or whatever, you're you're at least probably going to get a clean up if if they're if they're if they have any money behind them. So. Oh yeah, for sure. It looked really good. It, it looked. I mean, I'd suggest watching that one if people. Um, <laughs> can't get a hold of i think it's just funny that there's a real good copy of this movie out there <laughs> <laughs> well it's about as good as they they could make it it's still pretty fuzzy and grainy but it's it's i don't know it's like it's it's like the hd version of crap i mean i i don't need a 4k scan of robo no. vampire really. <laughs> you'll get it and you'll like it along with the sequel <laughs> So you you go from this crazy Abbott and Costello type scene with martial arts, you know, <laughs> with the vampires and stuff, and then we cut away to Guido Sarducci walking out on a dock, talking to I guess one of his smugglers about, hey, uh, we're changing our plan, we're going to start smuggling bodies now, <laughs> and you can tell the dude's, <laughs> dude's like, okay, that's casual, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, these are the most casual like drug dealer gangsters ever, like. Because half of them, you know, some of them dress professional. You know, they dress formally for the job or whatever. And then the rest of them are just like, they're dressing like they just they they dress however they woke up. <laughs> you know, like they, they, yeah. this is what I'm wearing. Like the, <laughs> the double denim guy. Uh, well, no, this is a different guy. The, the guy who kind of looks like. Um, a young Conan O'Brien with a with a denim fucking jacket. Yeah, yeah. he's got the <laughs> denim vest on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, the well, when you've got vampires backing you up, I mean, they're part of your arsenal. Yeah, mm-hmm. you probably are just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Part of the hopping vampire lore is that uh, they cannot bite through stonewashed denim. No, no. I mean, who who could? I mean, it's the eighties. You you don't mess with that shit. <laughs> And it cuts straight out of this to back at one of the compounds. It, it, it never really tells you where you are in any of this. You get one description halfway through, and it doesn't make any sense. But we cut to the scene where a lady has cut open a yak that's laying on the ground <laughs> and splits its belly open like like uh, Han Solo did with the, with the Tauntaun. Yeah. And uh, it's she's stuffing bags of heroin in there and sewing the cow back up. So we just had a conversation that we're going to start shipping bodies. But we're putting heroin in a cow. So which is it? I mean, yeah. well, I mean, you know, you can forget that shipping in the the cows thing because that never comes up again. Like that's just exactly. And then you, you you notice on that you notice in that scene, and then this is a, this is one of the things with this film. Like there's every every once in a while the soundtrack will start dropping in music that just tonally doesn't match anything that's going on in the film and yeah. there so there's this lady like this is obviously taken from another movie and, I, and i'm kind of thinking the soundtrack is also taken from another movie because 
there's this really ominous music playing when she's cutting this thing open and putting the drugs in there, and it's making you think like she's looking at the guards, looking at her and stuff, and it's making you think that she's gonna like pull some sort of move, like like try to smuggle, get some drugs out for herself and get caught and killed or something like that. But then it just right. goes nowhere. It's, it's just like oh, she puts it in, sews it up. There we go, done. Yep, done. She even you know wipes it down, cleans it up. Nice, nice clean stitch job there. Yeah, gives a little kiss on the cheek and sends it on its way. Yeah, right. And then it just cuts right back to Vampire Land, where Groucho has got uh, uh, two American dudes that have just showed up. Which again, you have no idea who these guys are or what they're doing there, and that's where he tells them, "Hey, put on these garlands of garlic." Yep. So you, you know, like you said, we kind of get that thing, and then uh, he tells them not to like to show any kind of fear too. Like you would tell somebody going up to a pit bull, like don't yeah. show fear; they'll eat you alive if you show fear. And at this point, do you get some dialogue that lets you know that Groucho actually creates these vampires, and. Uh, then he goes to show him one of them, and Groucho goes over to basically it's it's the it's the spinner from uh, from Twister, where it says you know you spin it and it says left foot blue yeah. or whatever. <laughs> he oh, I was thinking the movie Twister. Oh no, <laughs> like, I don't remember that scene. <clears throat> Bill Paxton. Um, <laughs> He points at the game spinner, and you see the the, the, the vampire wakes up, and he's got like a snot bl- bubble on top of his head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is like pulsating. Yeah, it starts pulsing and stuff. So you're like, all right, we're going to get a little gore here. And then, dude, out of nowhere, Alanis Morissette comes flying in. <laughs> <laughs> and she's in this see-through gown. She's floating through the air. Dude, and... I call her the titty ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, every you know, note I have is titty ghost. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. I mean, what, one of the yeah. one of the gangster dudes, he's like, "Whoa, it's like some kind of lady ghost or something." Like, <laughs> it's like what? How do you know that? This scene right here, like everything up to this point, is really absurd and crazy. But this scene right here, really, like, this is a great scene. To uh, set the tone for the rest of the for the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. right? So Groucho gets his his uh, his war sword and goes after, and we kind of get a little explanation here what's going on. So I got a sound bite here. How dare you enter here, you witch! How dare you take my lover's corpse towers and turn him into a vampire beast? Now he is condemned to a living death, and we can never be together in the afterlife. <laughs> but he is from the east, and you the west. How can you explain it? Orientals are a stubborn race, and both his parents opposed our marriage. It was then that we decided if we could not be together in this life, Peter and I would be together forever in the afterlife. You have robbed us of this by turning him into a vampire beast. Now my only thought is of revenge. Now my dreams have been shattered. I hold you responsible for my misery. (laughs) You tell. Dude, this the the vampire beast. When they show when they show Peter, I was floored, man. <laughs> like this is this is a this is this vampire beast, quote unquote, is a uh, a man in a gorilla suit. <laughs> what were they fucking thinking, man? Oh, it's it was like I I was I, I had to rewind it when he first came on on the screen, as I'm like, what? <laughs> like a vampire? That's not a vampire. It's like it's Magilla the gorilla. 
<laughs> I, I guess it's because it's to let you know when you see all the vampires which one he is. I guess. Yeah, that's because the they've all got right. like they've all got like dried oatmeal on their face to begin mm. with. So I guess this is a way to separate Peter from the rest. Hey, we got a we got a vampire named Peter who's now a gorilla. All right, this is this movie is going great. Yeah, there's there's a lot of you know. And it wouldn't be a martial arts film from this period too if you didn't have a little bit of casual racism in there as well. So it's like, first off, well, you're from the you're from the west, he's from the east. How could this marriage even work? And you Orientals are so stubborn. It's like, whoa, lady, whoa, come on now. <laughs> oh, and so then uh, Groucho makes uh, Groucho and Alanis Morissette start fighting, and mm-hmm. you know you're seeing boobs fly everywhere and sparks coming out of their feet. And uh, yep. it's it's a fun time, and and again, kind of like what Lee was saying earlier, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah, it it really is. Like, I mean, when when it gets to the goods, as far as like action and stuff, it brings it. Like, it, it it's it's still you know low budget goods, but it's it's the goods. Like, it, uh, those those scenes do work really well, and yep. thankfully they do give us a lot of them too. So. <laughs> And then Groucho, I guess, decides, well, I've had enough of this. So he makes Peter start fighting her. And they start going at it. And then uh, Pete recognizes her tattoo. <laughs> yeah. That's all it takes. She shows a little leg, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, yeah, you're you're that chick I used to be, you know, banging. Did anybody figure out what the tattoo was? Was it like no. a leopard or something? Like crawling up? Uh, I don't know. It looked like some kind of wild cat that was, like, stretched with its, like, one arm above its head i don't know dude it was bad (laughs) but i mean then we get then we get another plot twist here where one of the gangsters steps in and he's go and he's just like yeah you know hey there Taoist. uh how about you just marry this lady ghost and vampire all right just get it and then they're they're on board they're like yeah okay this evil wizard who turned my love into a vampire who i want to kill well if he, you know, if he proceeds over our marriage, all is forgiven. Well, and and then that guy, though, that priest, he, like, thinks about it for a second, and then he turns around, and he's like, if I do this, you guys will have to obey me forever. So it's like, <laughs> he still had some reservations about it. Mm. But... Funny y'all say that, because I've got the sound bite right here. Peter, you finally recognize me. She's your enemy! <laughs> Alice, that lady ghost loves him deeply. Let's fulfill a wish. Besides, both of them will be under our council once they're married, right? A marriage. A vampire and the ghost. With your magical powers, I'm sure you can make it. <laughs> I mean, I think even he's the going, this is ridiculous. A marriage. A vampire and a ghost. That's right, folks. You're hearing this in this movie right here. <laughs> I love that guy's I love that gang that guy's voice, dude, because it's so like 1940s film gangster. Well, yeah. He's like, oh, you see, yeah, if he does this for us, we'll definitely get under your control forever. <laughs> and then you never Take see that guy again. It's, it's great. No. Right. <laughs> uh, so it cuts away from this, and all of a sudden you got uh, Groucho Marx is driving a Suzuki Samurai. Well, I, I thought he, I have it put down that he was driving a Power Wheel Jeep. <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's a roadblock. We got some military guys that are blocking the road, and Groucho and two guys we haven't seen at all before in the movie jump out uh, and take off running. And uh, both the dudes get shot. Groucho is summoning the vampires to help him out because, you know, 
uh, he's by himself and he feels like, even though he just fought a ghost and yeah. he beat a bunch of vampires earlier, now he can't fight a bunch of military guys. So he calls on the vampires and the vampires jump in front of the officer officers and uh, like shoot smoke out of their sleeves. Yeah. And they like, like, I don't know if they're like stir frying or steaming the dude's face, but that's kind of it. They just steam them and they fall down dead with their face with oatmeal on it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, I guess it kills them. Yeah. Because they, they never really get back up or anything. It's like they just took some steam to the face. And the second <laughs> officer does the same thing, but he fights Peter. Peter's up in a tree, uh, and he starts shooting bottle rockets at the, at the officer and explodes and kills the officer. And then Groucho just goes back in his Jeep and drives off. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's done. Move on. That's Did you pretty no- much it. <laughs> Did you notice when they first rolled up in that Power Wheels uh, Jeep that... They jump out and start running as those guys walk up, and the and the guys continue to shoot the jeep even after they're gone. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, what are you guys shooting at, man? I don't know. And, and I mean, the way it's framed, it's like, where were you going to run to? You were going to get shot either way. Like, you might as well just surrendered at that point because they, they basically just run into a like a fucking kill zone between the two fucking narcotics agents or whatever they're <laughs> supposed to be. So yeah. So at this point. So we're we're 25 minutes into the movie, so you know something's yeah. gonna have to happen, right? We we we've got a title, we've seen vampires, we got to get to the robo part. So we cut to uh, I guess a military hospital. <laughs> I don't know, could be an office building. <laughs> Can't really make out what it is. No. And uh, apparently, one of the officers that got steamed in the face is a guy named Tom, and Tom died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, they decide, uh, you know, they they do a little check on him, check his pulse, and they try to bring him back. He's dead. He's gone. Tell me you have uh, this clip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they walk out of the the room where the body is and run into these guys, and this is what's said. So how's Tom? It was a fatal wound. He's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Since Tom's dead, I want to make use of his body to create an android-like robot, Mr. Glenn. I would appreciate your approving my application. Are you assured of success? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, your application's approved. May I remind you of one point? You must proceed with your invention with great care and in strict confidence. All right? Yes. All right. <laughs> That's all it takes to build a robot, dude. Hey, uh, since he's dead, uh, can I have him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, let's not tell his friends and family he's dead. Let's not... Uh, Shoot this up the uh, you know the the hierarchy and make sure you know like our overseers are cool with us funding this like sci-fi project to create undead fucking robot soldiers. Yeah, let's just, just do it. Just do it. Don't don't say nothing. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. Can you promise promise me success? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> And with these machines that they're using, how can they go wrong, right? No, yeah. So we get the montage here right now. In your minds, because I just covered RoboCop for Hell Ming, which will come out in a couple of weeks, holds up really well. Even though the the technology is dated, mm-hmm. the whole scene of putting them together and all that is fantastic. This one, not so much. No. <laughs> No, it's it, like you, you would expect. Maybe they'd have like 1970s technology, maybe or something, something you know, slightly old. But 
No, this is like something fucking uh, a 1950s monster movie would be, you know, top of the line yeah. stuff. You know, I, I expected to see a bunch of like um, rolls of like uh, tape on a on a like an old style computer like spinning and shit in the background. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, they had this one main machine that they're basing everything off of that basically has a plus sign that's in green and a minus sign that's in red. Mm. And that's how they they use this to judge if they're successful or not. You might as well just be playing a game of operation. You know, <laughs> if you make the nose blink, ah, you messed up. I mean, <laughs> it's that ridiculous. And they're just welding the dude together. They take like these big black boxes that have like duct tape all over them, and they're just shoving them into this mannequin that's been painted silver. And you know, I want to say they're using real welding rods. It could be just a sparkler. I don't know. <laughs> but they're fake welding this body together. It's so they probably borrowed some of the, like, the bottle rockets or whatever from the fucking vampires. <laughs> <laughs> but they start welding him together. They got him together. And, and then they start making him function. And, man, come on. Let, let's talk about Robo Warrior here for a minute. Oh. Um, this Aluminum outfit. foil. <laughs> That's a stunt double. It looks like something your your mom your mom made because it, it's it's a fabric outfit that's silver, mm. but it's got like big pointy elbows, like he's would be like a uh, like a, a a woman's jacket from the eighties. <laughs> it's got these real big. I was thinking like a flamenco dancer. <laughs> <laughs> let's just talk about dude's helmet, man, because basically he's got a pot on his head, mm. and, it's, and it's like they painted a, an oven mitt. And had it hanging out of the back of it, so he looks like a Robo Redneck man. I mean, he looks like he's got, it looks like a, it looks like he's got a mullet. So Robo Mullet jumps up off a table. Terrible suit, man. You can tell this is just sewn together pieces of junk. Dude's even wearing tennis shoes, right? <laughs> and, and you can tell they like throw tape and stuff on them to try to cover them up. But they're tennis shoes, man. <laughs> Based on his movement for the rest of the movie, I would I would be willing to bet he didn't have very good visibility either. No. <laughs> I'm thinking not, man. Thinking not. I mean, uh, if if you have not watched this movie yet, uh, listeners, and you look at the uh, poster art for this, where it's straight up RoboCop on the poster, like it, oh, it, yeah. it, it it's straight up RoboCop. This ain't straight up RoboCop in the film. This is uh, Trailer Park RoboCop at best. This is oh, when man. you when you order a RoboCop off of Wish. <laughs> How about that antenna they strapped to his head too? It's like it's like fourteen foot long. It's like it's like a CB radio antenna. <laughs> yeah, that that you know that's uh, that's you know latest technology back then. That, that that's small compared to what he'd usually. If it was nineteen seventies, he'd have to have like a whole tower coming out of his back. You know, <laughs> all he's missing so, is that uh, that smiley face ping pong ball, <laughs> right? <laughs> Swinging in the wind. <laughs> Uh, so we go from the building of Robo, well, Robo Dude, Robo Mullet, and uh, then it shows him training, right? <laughs> so they got to go through a training montage, and he walks up to these two soldiers and picks them up by their helmets mm-hmm. <laughs> and starts shooting at things and blowing them up. So you're, he's breaking guns. So they're trying their best to rip off some of the ideas from RoboCop, but. Yeah, they're just they're not good. <laughs> you notice how every uh, every gun in this film shoots exactly the same and sounds exactly the same, oh, no yeah. matter what kind of gun it is. Like it could be a rifle, it could be a machine gun. They all shoot like automatically, yeah. and they all sound the same. <laughs> sure. 
Yeah, that's how you cut corners, man. Yeah. <laughs> use, the, use the same sound effect on everything. Oh, the, the sound effect for when he walked was hilarious. It just sounded like <laughs> this weird crunching. It's great when they sync it up with them. Uh, they, don't, they don't usually, though. <laughs> when does that happen? I must have missed that part. <laughs> uh, so it cuts from the, the, the awesomeness of Robo Mullet walking around and beating up people and getting good at you know shooting things. It cuts to these drug dealers showing up uh, at, at a church, I guess, mm-hmm. in this little town. Again, there's no explanation. But they go up and uh, they ask the priest, where's the drugs? And the priest's like, I have no drugs here. What are you talking about? And uh, they knock. Uh, Doug McKenzie walks over and pushes the cross over. <laughs> They're over here, eh? <laughs> knocks, knocks the cross over and heroin falls out everywhere. And you can see the priest is like, oh, shit. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Busted. <laughs> you didn't, they didn't bless it enough. Yeah. And, then, you know, they got him on the ground, and they're like, kill him now. And they go to shoot, and then all of a sudden, the two guys that have the guns on the priest get shot and killed. And out of nowhere, it pops in like a real cheap Cheryl Teague. <laughs> and uh, she jumps in. Her name's Sophie. I guess they just had to shoehorn her in here. But she comes out, guns a-blazing. Uh... And then she runs and jumps out a window, which is obviously not her. It's almost like Texas Chainsaw when, when she jumps out of the, the, the window at the top mm-hmm. of the house. You can tell it's a stunt double. Same deal here, except they keep the camera on a little too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second cut after that is her shooting back up the house, and half of her hair is gone. It's like she got a haircut, and it's up past her shoulders now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then it shows the next clip, and her hair's long again. It's like, wow. <laughs> is, is that Samurai Cop? <laughs> it's pretty close, man. <laughs> she was looking for that big black gift. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, But anyway, Sophie gets captured because she go, she turns around to shoot uh, uh, Doug McKenzie, and her gun's out of bullets, mm-hmm. and they arrest her. And then they take her into a like a torture room where this... Dude, it's a bad guy in like a leisure suit shows up. <laughs> she's the isn't she the narc agent? Yes. Okay, that, all right. She's yeah. She's there. There. I, I was confused who and who was not narc agents throughout. <laughs> oh this. yeah, like, you can't tell. I I, th- I think I think like at the very beginning, the two guys who were escorting the uh, the Asian dude through that temple or wherever the hell where the vampires were, I think they were narc agents too. Jeez. Or. Were they mercenaries or were they fucking terrorists? I don't well, here, know. The like, thing is, it, for a movie that is like almost entirely exposition in the dialogue, I still don't know what the hell was going on or who was doing. Yeah, <laughs> it was like you guys are explaining so much, and yet there's so many questions. Yeah, <laughs> but they capture Sophie and they put her in this room with this guy, and she jumps up and starts doing some some bad karate, and you know, dude ends up kind of having his way with her, I guess. And from there, it cuts away to... We're getting to some meat and potatoes of a story here. What little we have. But it cuts away to, like, a a police officer, you know, room or whatever. So we're starting to see these are the... These are the agents, right? There's this guy named Chief Thompson who really looks like Charlton Heston on meth. I mean, he's... (laughs) (laughs) He's got a very distinct look, but it's like, yeah, this guy's just not right. And he hires this dude, Ray, as, as... far as I know, that's his name, right? Was it Ray? 
You can call me Ray. You can call you me Jay. <laughs> it's Guido Sarducci again. <laughs> but uh, so he hires this guy to go and save Sophie from from this bad guy, whose name is Long. <laughs> <laughs> or Young. I'm sorry, Young. Which he's not young at all. <laughs> no, he's he's old and rapey. <laughs> and he gets a scene where he's like, uh, "Well, what does it pay?" And he's and, and Charlton Heston's like. Uh well, I I would pay a million dollars, but the uh, the agency's only going to pay you like twenty thousand. <laughs> that's not that's not how official like drug enforcement agencies work. You're not paid by the job. <laughs> you have a salary. Like you, you you show up. You're you're paid by. I I don't know what this organization is. Like they have the money to build a RoboCop. And they're operating in like some East Asian country that has apparently no laws and no international laws of any sort, and they're they're just they have total autonomy. Like they're just operating outside the law and doing whatever the hell they want. Like this isn't a narcotics agency. This is like probably funded by some like insane billionaire who just doesn't like drugs or something. These are just mercenaries. They're not cops. Um, I'm, that's my headcanon for this. <laughs> Well, and then he, and then they give the the speech of where is she at? Any idea? And he goes, "Well, she's at Young's HQ, which they're using fancy lingo, HQ, in the middle of the Golden Triangle." Okay, mm. what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I think that's a region in Asia somewhere, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, but well, that, that's that's kind of where I thought. But you know, you know me, I, I don't know a lot. I'm terrible at geography. Could. It could be the Golden Corral for all I know. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. My geography is terrible. You, you just remember that down there in Canada. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, how, we, that's how we roll down here. That's up from here. <laughs> <laughs> right under Mexico. Oh, So, uh, let's see. Uh, at this point, we got to get back to some robo-action, right? So, at Guido Sarducci's place, they're bagging up the dope. You know, you get your typical sit- guy sitting down and just... Out of nowhere. I mean, here's the thing. We've seen RoboCop walk around, and he makes the consistent sound everywhere he walks. It's very loud. Mm -hmm. There's no way he can just sneak up to places. (laughs) No. No. But just all of a sudden, the door opens up, and he's standing there, and he's like, drop your guns. And there's three dudes there. They've all got their guns. And he's just one RoboCop, which they have no idea what he is because they haven't heard about him on the news or anything. (laughs) So I'm just thinking, as a... Known drug, I don't know, whatever you want to call this guy, drug dealer. You're not just going to say, okay, I give up. You're going to try to shoot the dude a few times. Three dudes, three guns against one, you know, robo mullet with a rifle. <laughs> yeah. And they all just, and they all just go, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, okay, we're going to see some action here. Nope. Nope. No, it's just <laughs> nope. So anticlimactic. I mean, it's like, oh, let's yeah. just tie that thread it to the story off right now and okay I guess they go to jail or whatever yeah and then just to add more confusion you got Groucho and the dopers are walking so we've gone from Guido and his bunch to Groucho and these other dopers are walking around they're stopped by the military and again more vampires come out and steam dudes faces <laughs> and then uh, Pete comes out and with his bottle rockets and starts shooting a bunch of them again and then Robocop the Robo Mullet, Robo Warrior, whatever you take your pick, mm-hmm. folks, whichever one you want. Robo Slop. <laughs> we we get a 
remote slop. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> or Slobo Cop, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we get a, a quick, quick brief shot of Pete and RoboCop fighting each other. And basically it's Pete rolling on the ground like uh, like Dick Van Dyke Ty- taught us as kids whenever there's a fire in your house, you stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> and RoboCop's shooting him and then he just disappears. And so that's the end of that fight. Well, and that's what's funny too, is like uh, like they never explained that that was any kind of power or anything. Like They could just <laughs> d- dissolve in thin air. Yeah. The, the vampires have all kinds of powers that they never really... It's like, oh, we need the vampire to do this in this scene. All right, let's do it. It's yeah. just weird that everybody just accepts this as like it's normal. Yeah. You know? yeah no, that, that's the thing that's weird to me. Is... Vampires are a thing in this world, apparently. Like, it's just, you know, right back, again, going back to, like, the gangsters. is like, I'm going to hire a Taoist to train some vampires. And they're like... All right. <laughs> I just think about these guys that are like, you know, the, the guys that are packaging the dope and stuff. They go home, hey, honey, how was work today? Well, I was out on the beach and I saw this robot dude fight a vampire. <laughs> oh, that's nice, honey. <laughs> I, 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 I kept trying to stick these fucking receipts to these vampires' heads and they kept falling off. And, oh, man, it was, it was just a rough day at work, honey. Vampires kept coming back to life and we had to kick their ass and, and put these things well, back on Well, my ding-ding with a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It's, it's just, and it, it, if you're lost yet, folks, don't worry, because it gets way even more confusing. <laughs> we're gonna cut. We're gonna cut to Ray, who's the guy who was hired to chase down and find Sophie. Him and some other dudes with toboggans on their heads are riding in a canoe <laughs> down a river, and the Guido Sarducci is there, and they start shooting at at the guys and then uh, somebody starts shooting at Guido's people and Guido tells his guys hey retreat and these guys go get in a boat and take off in the river in the boat and somebody just blows that some bitch up <laughs> <laughs> and there's bodies flying everywhere yeah. it, it's pretty epic <laughs> <laughs> oh and it ends up being this guy in a black beret that just pops out of the woods. His name's Andy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a menacing. Menacing name. Yeah. Andy. Andy! <laughs> <laughs> so apparently he's friends with Ray, or they know that they're looking for Ray to help him out, so they saved him just in the nick of time. But Guido got away. So uh, then it cuts to Sophie being water tortured, which is pretty lame as well because they're in these chairs that are not bolted to the floor and they're just tied to the chair so you could very easily just hop over in the chair <laughs> and not be under yeah. the water <laughs> well and, and i also feel like like a uh, you know like a legitimate narc agent would know <laughs> would know things yeah. like you know hopping over yeah i mean yeah, but yeah obviously they're not bolted down or anything but hey it, she it, was it's a movie I'll I'll take this over seeing the rape scene. Thank you very much. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad we didn't see dude in this uh, in this leisure suit, you know, getting on. <laughs> so uh, we come out of that, and uh, this again, we're just throwing another one in here. But all of a sudden, you're in this uh, community of some sort, and these guys pull up in a jeep, 
and Doug McKenzie's arm wrestling a dude out in the middle of all these people for for <laughs> no reason. I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense. I'm guessing this is Young and his guys. Young is the dude in the leisure suit, but now I think he's wearing a cardboard safari hat. <laughs> I, I'm thinking it's the same dude, but I'm not sure. I can't remember. <laughs> but they go, hey, there's Doug McKenzie down there arm wrestling, having a good time. And while he's arm wrestling, Ray is over here, who just got off the canoe and was saved by Andy, so I guess he wanders into this hot spot of a community here <laughs> between between three huts to watch people arm wrestle. And he sees Doug McKenzie's hand and sees the tattoo in his hand, which is obviously something that's supposed to mean something, but we're never really told that it does. <laughs> it's wouldn't the guy it, with the tattoo. Oh, okay. Wouldn't it be weird if it was like the same tattoo the lady titty ghost had? Right. And then they just never explained it? Right. Oh, well, it, yeah. I, I like how this whole scene escalates, though. Because it starts off with an arm wrestle. And then <laughs> then it goes into like a, a fist fight. <laughs> Next thing you know, there's knives pulled out. Yeah. And if Somebody throws Ray a knife because he don't even have one. It's like, bing, <laughs> here's a knife. Oh, somebody's up in the ante here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and then uh, Ray kind of kicks his butt, holds it at knife point, takes off with him, and then uh, Young and his guys just start shooting in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, get him before he gets away. So they just start shooting everything. Oh, man. It's just a mess at this point. Uh, but then, uh, let's see where we at. Dude jumps and leaves Ray. Ray's beating up. And then uh, out of nowhere, Wendy shows up. So he's got the guy at knife point. He's walking into the woods, and all of a sudden, this chick shows up and says, Hi, I'm Wendy. Well, hey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> now, apparently, she works for Andy. Andy! And, uh, yeah, so just another person to throw in here, really, for no reason. Yeah, no, it's, again, there's like two or three movies here, and... I saw plenty of stuff they could have cut out of this and made it make a lot more sense. And you know, I mean, there's it probably could have been a pretty fun little short film for sure. It could have been it could have been a really solid like seventy minute film. And there's plenty of films around this era that were seventy minutes that worked. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah. So yeah, Wendy shows up and it kind of cuts from there, and. For some reason, it just cuts to Guido and some guys facing off a RoboCop. For again, there's this. How do they know where he is? They're hiding. They're watching him. They do like the Superman test, right? Like Lex Luthor did with Superman in the first movie. They try to set him on fire and all this stuff to see if he can withstand it. And Robo just starts doing a Robo dig, right? He's like Dig Dug. He starts digging down in the sand. And then you see him crawl back out. And that's where you can tell he's wearing tennis shoes because he's like stomping on the ground, having a hard time get out of the hole. Mm, the computer Just like Johnny said, he can't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then out of the ground pops four vampires because now they can just they're you know they can pop up out of the ground. They're tremors because because they can. Yeah, <laughs> tremors. <laughs> Dude, if uh, Michael Gross not... popped into this movie, man, it would, like, automatically <laughs> jump up in quality. <laughs> <laughs> or Reba McIntyre. Yeah. Reba she'd probably McIntyre. Call it, she, 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 <laughs> she'd probably call that that uh, that robot, uh, she'd probably call it Fancy. <laughs> Come on, Fancy, don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta shoot this hair tennis ghost. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tiffy uh, Ghost. So, <laughs> I hear a song coming on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, the 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 vampires start hopping around him, and they knock Robocop down on the ground, and they're like punching him in the nuts and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Then he jumps back up, and all of a sudden, he just he uses the force. Did y'all notice yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, he just, like, holds his hand out, and his gun comes flying to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, there's got to be a better understanding of our powers here. Because if you can do that, you don't have to shoot anybody. It's, it's, it's like the, you know, it's like the insane clown posse ass magnets. How do those work, you know? Like, it's just... <laughs> Well, I feel like with all the powers that these vampires have, that the fact that they're being used by some kind of, you know, crime drug syndicate is just absurd. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they, they could opt out at any time. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. So we just found out fire doesn't hurt robo-dude. We know that four vampires can't hurt robo-dude. But you know what can? A Yelp A freaking bazooka. Mm. <laughs> So they shoot him with a bazooka, and it just blows into parts, man. I mean, it just shatters. And I couldn't help it. I busted out laughing. I was watching this last night taking notes. Just just, just so ridiculous when they shoot Best him. Best stunt double ever. So, exactly. So you know what we get here? We get rebuild montage part mm-hmm. two. <laughs> and what I love about the second put together, you know, because they even say Let's go bring the robot back immediately. I'm like, well, he's in 28 pieces. Where are you going to find <laughs> I mean, he just got shot by a bazooka. <laughs> That's like saying, hey, go pick up that bear at the end of Grizzly. Yeah, it's just a big black spot on the ground. I get, no, I guess, you know, I guess he's like, uh, he's like Lego. You know, you, you break him apart, he's, all the separate pieces are still there. He's put them back together. <laughs> And this is fantastic, too, because I love the scene where they're welding him back together again. And you can see the lady holding up his leg. And you can see it's a mannequin Mm. foot. It's got toes, (laughs) toenails, but they're all painted like metallic silver. (laughs) And you're like, why is this dude even wearing shoes if he's got metal feet? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Because when he's back together, he's got his full armor on and everything again. So it's like, yeah, this just (laughs) doesn't make any sense at all. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, and I, I love it. We go, I'm afraid he's short-circuited. You think? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the least of his worries at that point, right? Uh, and then we cut back to some more street fighting, where these guys are sitting down having some lunch, and then you got uh, this this Jeep pulls up, and a guy dressed like Billy Jack is in there, which, again, I yeah. think is young. I think it's this young dude that's the main bad guy here, besides Guido Sarducci. But he looks just like Billy Jack, and he's just hanging out in the front of the Jeep while yeah. all of his guys are getting their butts kicked by these two dudes that are hungry. <laughs> uh, this isn't then, the beach uh, fight, right? Or is this the beach? This is like a little town that they've wandered into, and they pull oh, up in okay. the Jeep, and these guys are eating, and... They just pick on the guys, and the guys start kicking their butts. Uh, and then uh, Doug, at this point, it cuts back to Doug McKenzie leading our other group because they've got him. They've got him now. Somehow, all of a sudden, now he's like on board with helping out the the the, the officers. Did y'all notice that? Yeah. Uh, again, makes no sense. It just yeah. So 
first you hate me, now you love me, now we're a team. And he's like leading them through, uh, takes them to a village, and there's nobody in the village, they can't find anybody, and they find this little kid who obviously works for Young, as they point out in the movie, and the little kid runs off, and, <laughs> and then Andy just raises a gun and shoots the kid. <laughs> and when Wendy goes running over to him, how'd you? Why'd you do that? She runs over to him, finds out that the kid had a hand grenade, and he was about to lob it at him. So, uh, you know, Andy's like, "Don't ever cross me again, woman. Don't ever question what I'm doing. I'm Andy." <laughs> uh, and then after that, for some reason, Wendy and Ray decide to go swimming. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. Nobody else. Nobody else needs a bath. I mean, they've all been tracking for the past, I don't know, seven or eight days. But, uh, yeah, you know, you get a little footsie going on out in the water. I uh, mean, you know, they're they're the, they're the romantic leads of what other movie that one was before <laughs> yeah. it became part of this one. <laughs> they just met each other like five minutes ago. <laughs> There's probably like 40 minutes of backstory that were exercised from that movie. I mean, that's what's hilarious. Literally, like five minutes ago is when they first get introduced, and now they're swimming naked together in the, in the pond. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, only all relationships could be like that. So where have we not visited in a while in this movie? Oh, I know. Let's go back to the original vampire headquarters, where Groucho is now standing and doing hand gestures to make a strobe light come on. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, man. This guy can do all this cool stuff, but it's like minute things that he does. I'm going to make a, a sparkler shoot out of this sword. I'm going to turn on this strobe light. I'm going to, I'm going to play a game of Twister. He's like an er, he's like an early 2000s rave DJ. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is where we're going to have uh, the marriage, right? So I guess that's what, what's going on here is we're having a marriage ceremony, even though it really doesn't point that out much. No. But uh, afterwards, so now we got uh, uh, Alanis Morissette and, and Peter the Ape are now uh, married, and they go find a loft to be alone, and so they're going to consummate the the wedding. Yeah. And uh, RoboCop kind of, or Robo, what would you call him? RoboSlop. Yeah. <laughs> RoboSlop uh, wanders on them, and uh, we kind of get this. Don't kill us, we love each other. You can kill us, but wait till our love's consummated. <laughs> I love the we gentle love music. <laughs> Go ahead. The, the gentle music there, yeah. I love it. Because it's like they, they, they assume that the viewer is invested in any way to these people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, they finally got married. Vampire Beast and Titty Ghost finally got to roll around on the loft and, and screw a bit, and now they, they their love is true, and they don't want Robo Slop to kill them. Well, and, and uh, I like how they're trying to reason with a robot. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the but hell? I love the fact that he sounds disappointed that he has to wait to kill them. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't kill us well, yet. Wait till we're done. He kind of goes, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait till we're done boning first before you shoot us. And when he sees a, a ghost and a, and a monkey have sex, it just gives you a flashback of, of RoboCop's life back in the day. Where that was really weird. I don't know why they thought we needed that. <laughs> I was confused too because for a minute I thought like the actress was the same as the titty ghost, and I was thinking, wait, was the titty ghost his former girlfriend? Wait, what? 
I, I thought also that maybe like somehow before vamp vampire monkey Peter became that. I thought maybe that was him in like human form. I was like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> and, 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 and then all of a sudden it's like, nope, that's the, the no, that's Robo Slob's uh, past. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, I I don't. And I'm also thinking like, how can how can Robo Slop kill a ghost? Like, yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. But uh, you gotta love the flashback too, because it's it's I guess his wife, and they had to do this because in RoboCop, that's how he gets his memory back, right? He starts having flashbacks right. and finds out who he is and all that kind of crap. So they're trying to do the same thing here, except just not on the level to where it really matters. <laughs> they just feel like they had to do it. But it's his wife going, "I don't want to be with you anymore," and he's like, "Well, I've we've been, I've been in the force for four years. You're just now deciding you don't want to be with me." As long as you're a cop, you can't come around me. I'm like, this is the flashback you have? (laughs) (laughs) What a great memory. Yeah. Good times, good times. And while he's sitting there daydreaming, when uh, I guess when they're done consummating, then Alanis Morissette throws a roll of toilet paper at Robo Slob, and it wraps around his legs, and she (laughs) yanks on it, and he, like, goes flying, right? Yeah. And then we, you got like a you got the battle going on right here, and you're thinking, all right, well, you finally got into what this movie is all about. Not really, but, <laughs> but now we got a two-on-one fight where you got Pete and Alanis Morissette fighting Robo, and then it just cuts to another scene. <laughs> <laughs> it really does, man. They get to going, and then it cuts to Wendy and Ray running from Guido and the gang, and they get on a sky lift in the middle of. Wherever they are. Like, there would be a sky lift. Dude, this mm-hmm. whole scene is so weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that, on, on both sides of the shore, because they're going over, like, a lake. On both sides of the shore, they're surrounded by people with guns, and one, one group has a missile launcher. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they go to blow up this, this sky lift thing, and they jump. I mean, those stun people yeah. jump from pretty high. Yeah. And uh, those definitely, yeah, I don't know if... <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think their families were compensated. No, you're asking. <laughs> no. <laughs> and like you said, I mean, they they jumped out, and it's a pretty spectacular explosion. They land in the water, and then Young, which is the guy dressed like Billy Jack earlier, catches them, and he takes them to the same room that Sophie's in. So finally, we've gotten to where we're back where Sophie is for some reason, and uh, they're tied up. They're all in this room together, and then the yak surgeon from earlier, the woman that's sewing up the yak, uh, breaks them loose. Don't know why. There's no explanation why she feels for these people, but she goes in and breaks them out, and then one of the dudes comes back, and these guards... So, throughout this movie, we've had, like, military guards, we've had vampires. Now we got these shirtless dudes with real long ponytails that look like extras mm-hmm. from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. That are, I guess, martial arts dudes, but they're bodyguards, I guess. I <laughs> really don't know. And uh, one of them goes in there and notices that the, the water has stopped dripping. He looks and notices they turned the water off. But they're still acting like they're tied up. So dude runs in there without a shirt, and uh, you get a little action going on here where we got some karate chopping and stuff. But the thing is, is Sophie's not even in the room anymore, is she? I don't think so. Uh, well, I don't remember her being there. So the whole point of finding her is like, it don't even matter anymore. We just put them in this room. Maybe they're trying to make you think this is a different room. I don't know. 
all, uh, all I know is that guy looked like the dude from Kickboxer, and he was taken down by yeah. a woman scratching his face. Oh right. man, she gouged Wendy the eye gouger is what I called her. Yeah, she yeah. just poked dude's eyes out. Yeah, but so, he 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 pops up in the next scene, doesn't he? I think it's a different dude. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it was just him. I thought, oh wow, like he doesn't have the the scratches on his face anymore. There's there's like four or five of these dudes, but again, it, it doesn't it, you you don't care. It's just a bunch of extra I, people. I, yeah, I just I just want to say to the people listening, it's not that we didn't watch this film. It's really that confusing. It really yeah. is that confusing. Well, like I said, I mean, they can give you all the exposition they want, but it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. And this is where Andy's group shows up, right? So this is all happening at the same building, but has nothing to do with RoboCop is. So we got these two stories that really don't taste great together in one thing. Um, <laughs> Andy's group shows up, and and uh, you got this big shootout that's kind of going on. And then this one dude's like, I'm going on the roof. And he jumps and flips, and he climbs up on top of the roof of this building, drops a hand grenade down there, and it like kills like 40 people. And I love it because he's up there and he's yelling, yeah, I got him. And this dude comes up from behind him with these military guys. And did y'all notice the body when he like tosses the dude off the roof? You can tell it's just, it's not even like a mannequin. It is a sewn together potato sack with yeah. some legs on it. Because the legs flail and cross each other as it's flying through the air. <laughs> <laughs> like a tail on a kite. <laughs> It's just those. It's just those strong winds up there broke his legs. That's what happened. <laughs> oh yeah, that makes it up. Uh, and while this is going on, you got Sophie just kind of walking around, like I don't know, like she's been banged all night. I mean, <laughs> she's just kind of well, she kind of was. Well, dude, <laughs> dude, she yeah. she is like the 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 sound work on this though. She is moaning like pretty suggestively the whole time. <laughs> I was like, holy yeah. crap, man. <laughs> But she's just wandering around. So, I mean, why? 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 <laughs> There's no explanation of why she's just wandering around. Uh, and then you got Ray, and he fights the other dude that you thought was the dude that had his eyes scratched out. But he kicks a dude into a like a bowl of, I don't know, I don't know if it's oil or what that's boiling over the fire. Anyways, it's something really hot. Hot and liquid. Burns dude up, and even you can tell even Ray's looking at him like, "Holy crap! I didn't, I didn't mean to do that." Yeah, shit, dude. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then uh, Andy and them run out of there, and they just blow the whole place up. Yeah. And then out of there, so that that's that's Young's place, right? This is the headquarters where they did the torturing stuff. Then it cuts away to Guido Sarducci's place. So, the other bad guy, <laughs> and. And he asked, he's got Groucho there with him, and he asked Groucho for his help, and I've got a sound bite of that too. And this is great, because remember talking about you can hear Robo Slob coming from a mile away. <laughs> well, listen to him here. Damn it! Ray's team have destroyed Young and his headquarters. We must rebuild my empire. Taoist, will you help me? Certainly. I'll help you to restore your status again, but first we must get rid of that Robo Warrior. Huh? <laughs> There he is. <laughs> I mean, just how ironic that he just, we got to get rid of that robo warrior. Yeah. Oh, there he is right now. <laughs> so here's my question. <laughs> okay. You just heard this piece right here. 
how did how did Guido know so fast that Young's place had just gotten blown up? How did RoboCop know where to go, Robo Warrior, Robo Slob, to find these guys and walk in and shoot everybody? But he's also still back fighting Peter and all these guys right now. Uh, well, Guido obviously watched that other movie like when it came out two years previous, so <laughs> <laughs> he already knew he already knew that was coming. Robocop, Robo Slob, I, I, I can't, I can't. Yeah, that doesn't. I mean, he, he was, he was fighting them at Vampire headquarters. Then he goes to this place, and then Pete, Pete shows up, and we get another barrage of bottle rockets, uh, and more vampires. And you get this is the big battle scene, folks. This is this is the this is pay dirt. <laughs> uh, so. We got four vampires, and you got Pete. You got uh, Pete running at Robo Slob, and apparently he's got like jets in his boots, like Iron Man, mm. and it just <laughs> floats him up in the air. But you can tell he's never really done it before because when he comes back down, he like crashes. He's not particularly <laughs> aerodynamic, anyway. When you look at him, I've got something that says "magical gun" here for some reason. I don't know what that means. Is that the one? With, is it the one with the stream of liquid fire coming out of it? <laughs> oh no, that's just a straight up flamethrower. <laughs> it's weird though. It, it lo- it's like a flamethrower, but it looks like it's like a stream of like almost like limp liquid coming out of it. Yeah. It's like a yeah. not a fully powered flamethrower. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. I think yeah, that's the end of it. Oh, okay. I don't know I don't know what magical gun means here. I I'm totally <laughs> blank on it. But anyways, it cuts straight from here. And again, we're in the middle of who knows where in the jungle in these little huts and stuff. And then it just cuts to a city. And now Robo <laughs> Robo Slob is chasing Pete in a city. Like a legit eighties city. Out of nowhere. And it shows these people just kinda hubnobbing around, hanging out, trying to hook up with some ladies. And also <laughs> you get a scene with this guy's about to kiss this girl, and she's got her eyes shut, and he looks off to the side and sees Pete's face right beside hers, and he goes, (laughs) (laughs) And then Pete's hopping around town, and Robo Slav's walking with his gun after him, and people act like they don't care, like it's not a big deal, everything's normal. Uh, (laughs) He's like, they're they're, they're all like... one day they'll call this cosplay. I, I, I've seen the future. <laughs> uh, it, it just it doesn't make any sense. Then there's like this crossover bridge that they go on, and Pete takes a couple of hostages, and uh, and I know you keep you keep referring to Pete. And if anybody's forgotten at this point, the vampire monkey took people hostage. Joke <laughs> <laughs> as long as because right. you keep saying Pete, but I want people to remember that this is the the vampire gorilla, right? And then it gets back to another situation where now we're back to where there's four vampires around RoboCop and they're going around and he kicks one of them so hard that it starts spitting up worms. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, it's just, it just don't make any sense. Uh, and then and you got the two American dudes here again. Yeah, for some reason. That was weird. I didn't understand why they brought him back because they hadn't been a part of the movie since the very beginning. Right. So they're there and they're bringing out the guns and they're trying to help the vampires win, I guess. I I really don't know at this point. 
Well, yeah, the way the, the way this ending goes, it's kind of like you don't know who you're rooting for or who you're supposed to root for. And then out of nowhere, Alanis Morissette pops back in, and her and Groucho start fighting again. To the ghost. Yeah. She's a ghost. <laughs> and uh, she rips open her shirt, and yeah. you know, boob flashes him, and then she throws the what, what she ripped off over his head. And uh, then Groucho, like, punches her in the chest and kills her, supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> then Groucho and the four vamps are fighting RoboCop. And Pete comes out with his bottle rockets again, and he shoots. <laughs> Just the scene where Peter, the gorilla vampire, <laughs> you can't even make that up. Peter, the gorilla vampire, uh, he just raises his hands and shoots sparklers out of his sleeves like twelve times in a row. Mm-hmm. Y'all notice that? He just keeps, he just keeps doing it. I'm like, well, it didn't work the first time, Pete. Try it again. <laughs> it's like nope. you're you're yeah, drunk, you're Uncle, closer. on the Fourth of July. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm like really surprised his robe didn't catch fire at one point. Like, it's just... Yeah. And then out of nowhere, you got Groucho over here, and he starts doing some kind of spell. And then Alanis Morissette walks up behind him and kills him. Like, touches well, him on and, the and, eyes or some shit? Like... Yeah. Yeah. She she, uh, she did warn him, though. She uh, Before she kills him, she shouts, you ought to know. And just... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it ironic? Uh, no, nothing in this movie's ironic at all. <laughs> nothing. Uh, and then that's when Robo sets Pete on fire, and then the movie goes off. Yeah. <laughs> in that order. It literally does. It just ends. It's just, yeah, we're done. And it has that, like, really bright, like, pinkish, like, salmon-colored title card at the end that just doesn't <laughs> go with the movie at all. It's like, well, the end. So there you go, folks. I mean, that... That is Robo Vampire. It it's it makes there's not a lick of sense in this movie. I don't I think I was ever fully on board rooting for Robo Slop. I think no. that I think that I was more rooting for Teddy Ghost and uh, Peter Peter the Gorilla Vampire. Right. I was definitely rooting for Teddy Ghost. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I mean, the, the the most excited I got in the movie is when he got blew up with the bazooka, and I was like, "Now we're talking." <laughs> I just wanted to see the when he when he brings him back and the guy that gave him the right to to take Tom and make Robo out of him, like, uh, you said it was going to be a success. <laughs> it's like we have change, we yeah. can reassemble. <laughs> <laughs> We have the technology, kinda. <laughs> yeah. I, bought, I bought a waffle iron. That'll upgrade him. We have gray spray paint and garbage bags. We can rebuild him. It's terrible, man. I mean, it's uh, the the outfit alone. I can't believe that they said yes. Let's go with that look. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh. So good lessons from bad movies. You guys get anything from this one? Good lord. Oh, um, I think the first thing you got to know is you, you don't bring a tinfoil suit to a bazooka fight because <laughs> <laughs> that thing's going to blow up. And I mean, the the only other thing I can think of is uh, being murdered is fine as long as you're married to your gorilla bride uh, groom first. You know, like you. Well, as long as you consummated yeah, it. Yeah, you know, as, as, as long as long as you uh, as long as you do the nasty first, <laughs> it's fine to get killed by a robo slob. Yeah, it's fine. I learned I learned that it's a better idea to carry around a pocket full of heroin 
instead of carrying around some rice powder because vampires will definitely attack you if you carry rice powder around. <laughs> make, make, makes me wonder if, if that cross was actually full of heroin or if it was full of rice powder to keep vampires away. Because, you know, he's a priest. You think he's, like, fighting the undead and shit, oh. right? <laughs> sure. Good That's point. That's funny. They didn't test it to these. No, they didn't. Did they? they just assumed and killed the poor guy. Um, for me, uh, never put your crotch near a sleeping vampire's face when it has a lit cigarette in its mouth. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you want to bribe someone, just throw money at them. Like, literally throw the money at them. <laughs> that's, that's just a fucking mm. boss move right there. That's the power move. It's just... <laughs> well, so, any what were they thinking? Um... <laughs> Where to begin? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I mean, I know we do the improvement as well. This kind of just ties in. It's like, uh, I mean, I understand there's a the very least two other movies spliced together here. Why do that? Why throw so much? Like you've bought the rights to like two other movies. Why throw so much plot and so many characters into this when you could have just filmed a couple extra scenes and just finished one of these films. Like, yeah, it's just, they did way too much. Like, the most ambitious piece of trash I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because of the fact of, again, they went and they watched RoboCop. They had to. To, to get some of these ideas. And the fact of there's a lot of drug smuggling and everything going on in RoboCop. Hey, I just happen to have these movies that's about drug smuggling. We can use the footage from that. And I guarantee you that's the conversation that got it started until they start putting it together. And it's like, yeah, I don't think this story's going to work at all. Oh, yeah, but who cares? <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Yeah, the, the, the one thing for me is uh, there were several times when characters were like speaking like auctioneers, like the Micro Machine yeah. guy. Like it's like, dude, just just come on, slow down the lines a little bit. It sounded yeah, like they were doing opening, some lines before delivering lines. That opening line that we heard uh, Alanis yeah. Morissette say, you know, how dare you take my husband? There's no commas. Like she, she probably read a script where there was literally no commas. It was just like a stream of consciousness paragraph. Uh, what about so? What, what about upgrades? Oh I mean, gosh. just just pick a movie and stick with it. I mean, there's potentially good movies here, yeah. like uh, like a story about drug dealers who are encountering vampires, or just stick with the one where drug dealers are using vampires to scare away attention. Like they're using like the legend of vampires to scare away people from their activities, and then hey, real vampires show up or something like that. Like that, that's that kind of cool. I mean, like we I... don't even. That would we don't actually even be need cool. RoboCop or whatever, you know. Like, honestly, I mean, it, it's it's amusing that there's a RoboCop ripoff in this, but you don't need it. I, I think for me, it's you could have just left one one part of the movie or one of the movies of the three out <laughs> and just narrowed it down to us, because then you'd eliminate about fifteen characters right. that you don't need, you know, because that that's what keeps you confused, because you can't keep up with all the different locations and all the characters. And they all start running together, and they never meet face-to-face. So you could cut, like I said, a, a whole section out of this out and get rid of, you know, the McKenzie brothers <laughs> and all that stuff. I mean, you don't need all that. Oh, man. For me, I uh, just I thought they should have either more Titty Ghost or a Titty Ghost spinoff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a whole Titty Ghost <laughs> series would be something I'd be into watching. Um, <laughs> a series would yeah. be great. 
Emmanuel meets Titty Ghost. I mean, come on. All right, man. Fun stuff. The bus. Where do you uh, where do you sit it, man? I'm gonna sit it in the the middle of the uh, the end half of the bus. I think is is kind of where I'm gonna sit because it, it is super confusing. Yeah. But I mean, there's enough stuff here that's amusing and funny and just makes you do a double take that it's worth watching at least once. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a it, it kind of is a crap crap classic. It it really is. It's it's one of those ones where, you know, this this is the kind of stuff that people who try to make, uh, like shitty movies these days intentionally they try to capture this kind of thing and yeah. they almost always fail. And uh, oh yeah, because the charm's mm-hmm. not there. Yeah, uh, no, Robo Vamp is an absolute disaster, but uh, much like a, a samurai cop. Uh, it's a disaster that's at least an honest one. So uh, there you go. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I, I would say next to the last seat. It's it's not all the way in the back because I have watched this thing four times now. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> and I still didn't know what was going on yesterday after it was my third time of watching it going into the fourth. And I'm still stopping the, the movie and going, now, what is that? <laughs> So yeah, next to last for me. I mean, I've I've always kind of gone back and at least want to see parts of it just because. Yeah. So, I, uh, I I think this is a movie that you could have fun with if you had people over for like a get together mm-hmm. and stuff. But I, I would also say the second to last seat just because uh, I, I I watched it twice and I, I don't know how you did four times, but <laughs> there were. <laughs> I feel like the second time I watched it, I had even more questions. Like the yeah. fir- the first time I'm writing notes, the second time I'm like, "Well, what the hell, man!" Like I'm still like, I'm still, a lot of this crap's just like. But but hearing you guys say that it you know it was several different movies spliced together, I mean, it makes sense that there's not really any cohesive plot or anything like that. Yeah. And it and it sounds like this director or the producer, whichever, is kind of a kind of a corman kind of guy so oh yeah apparently he was just he was cranking out you know 15 movies in a week so <laughs> yeah you know there's it's probably a lot of these that were just thrown together get it out there as fast as possible hey robocop won't be into this nation for another three weeks so let's make this movie and get it out yep, there first exactly you know that kind of idea you know so uh yeah a little exploitation you know mastery from from overseas so that's kind of how I look at this being put together, and you get some of those beautiful accidents that happen. Every once in a while, you strike gold with them, but most times it's going to be stuff that's just subpar. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, we're definitely going to have to do the sequel to this. I mean, and I, I agree. And, I and agree. Lee, you can come back to talk about that if you want uh, me, because I have a feeling uh, that'd be a fun talk. Yeah, I'd be up for that, man. All right, so what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a little short break, and we will be right back, people. is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, legionpodcasts.com, the Psychosemantic Podcast.
All right, folks, there you go. Another fun-filled episode of Short Bus. Hey, if you enjoyed this, uh, we recommend, all three of us, we recommend that you don't really go watch this movie. <laughs> but, if you, <laughs> but if you want to, you can go to, uh, go to YouTube, type in Robo Vampire, and I promise you it'll pop up. And uh, we're, we are talking about maybe jumping in and doing part two here pretty soon. So uh, if you enjoyed this episode, just jump on Facebook. Let us know if you've got ideas for some movies that you think is worse than Robo Vampire or just as bad or just as good, however you look at it. Just drop us a line and we'll say, yeah, we're not covering that. We're going to cover something else. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, man, we, we, will, we want you to throw them at us. And, and test our, our nerves because that's kind of what this thing was built on but uh, I, I had a blast with this one, It's a this was a lot of work it's a lot of work to sit through this movie and jot down everything that happens because it's not worth writing down but we <laughs> I went through the pain of it just so you can understand just how of a big of a car wreck this movie is but it's still got some, some charming elements to it yeah you guys got anything else you want to add to it? um I'll just say you did a fantastic job, uh, Ricky, uh, sticking with this and actually, you know, going into detail of your notes because I don't think I would have had that dedication trying to summarize this thing. It's just, yeah. Well, before I did this, I was told by the people that hired me that, you know, they would pay me a million dollars, but, you know, the the, the association's only going to pay me about $20,000 to do it. (laughs) You got to get a better agency, I guess, is what happens. Oh, yep. So you folks, like I said, thanks for listening. Uh, check out all the other shows. Uh, I've got some new shows that are coming out. Matter of fact, I don't know when this show's gonna drop just yet, but I've got a new show with uh, Billy Stewart from uh, Scary Dad Podcast. Uh, he called me up and wanted me to be a co-host of his, so he's putting together a production, and that show is gonna be on Legion as well. And it's called uh, You Know What's Awesome. And it's just kind of covering many decades, many different things, nothing in particular. Uh, first episode, we kicked it off with Karate Kid. And then the next episode, I think, jumps into, like, The Mandalorian. And it just, oh. it, it's it like squirrel tails from there. It goes to Saturday morning cartoons to albums, complete albums, albums that, you know, that made an impact on us, bands, music, instruments. It's it's a whole ball of wax, and uh, he kind of come up with the idea, asked me to come along, and uh, we've already recorded four episodes, but it should be dropping this week. Wow! So I don't. So if you guys already listen to this, chances are they're probably already out there. Uh, if you want to check those out, uh, let's see what else. Johnny and I are also on House of Wax, which we haven't recorded anything in a while because of the same situation. We haven't done a short bus, uh, just busy and trying to get everybody scheduled together. But we got some surprises lined up. Uh, we just lost Stuart Gordon, and we were trying uh-huh. to do a salute to Stuart and, and cover a couple of things there. That's in the works. Uh, also, the movie Ready or Not, which uh, we're all big fans of. Mm. And uh, going to try to cover those, too. And uh, what you got? What You got anything else, Lee? I know you talked about your, your wide span of you know silent films all the way to current. Yeah, um, I know. I- Again, depending on when this drops, um, uh, I'll either still be doing silent films on They Must Be Destroyed on Site, or we're going to time travel to 1985 
for uh, episode 200, and we're going to be doing uh, George Romero's Day of the Dead, and then we're going to stay in the 80s for a little while, like a month, just to take a break from doing like a four-month stretch of silent films. So, uh, yeah, we're we're taking a little break there, and hopefully uh, get some uh, guests on there, hint, hint, that's kind of your decade, so uh, maybe we should talk. Yeah. Well, and of course, uh, Johnny mm-hmm. and I both. I mean, so interesting question. Of course, Day of the Dead is my favorite of the the trilogy. Uh-huh. Me too. As far as Romero, that's my favorite. Yours too, Johnny. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. No, no wonder we're brothers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just that one's that was my favorite of the bunch. Uh, Sweet. So, yeah. So maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Well, hey, see if we can get some schedules together. That would be fantastic. So, be on the lookout for that, possibly, folks. Can't promise anything, though. But if not, we'll definitely have Robo Vampire Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sound so Yay. excited. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, y'all got anything else? No. All right, piss on it then. See you later, folks. Peace. <laughs>